Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope to take you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have a different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine, where we talk about other types of liability insurance. Riveting, I know, but this is the fourth in a series that we have been doing this month of September on protecting yourselves through transfer of risk, which is called insurance. This week's wine pick of the week is from Point of the Bluff. They have a 2019, a little bit on the pricey side, but 2019 Well Frankish. That is, you've heard me mention Lamberger in the past, but that is the other side of the road, uh, as they call it, red from Austria. So on the German side, it's called Lamberger. On the Austrian side, it's called Well Frankish. It's actually from a German word called blue frankish or frankish it's a dark skin variety of grape used for red wine it is one of my favorites here in the um, southern tier uh of finger lakes area of of new york and the grape was originally grown across central europe including as i mentioned austria the czech republic and some in germany and slovakia okay so now on to our topic of the week so as i mentioned this is the This is the fourth in our series of talking about insurance and one type of uh, primary insurance that is often overlooked is called umbrella coverage. Um, Umbrella coverage, it's an additional type of liability. Remember, I kept bringing up the, the quote or the word liability, liability that integrates with your underlying coverages from your other policies, so your home and owner. So it actually is above and beyond and adds on to your home and auto policies. But it can also include those other motor vehicles that I mentioned in the the, uh, second episode that I did on this topic. Most policies start where the base policy amounts left off and have requirements for underlying base coverage, such as home and auto liability. Sometimes it's around 300,000 and it treats the underlying under liability sort of as a deductible. So in other words, if you have a million in coverage, you pay the deductible on the homeowners, which might be 2,500. Then the homeowner's insurance covers the balance uh, up to the limit. So if it's 300,000, they cover 
$297,500, then the umbrella coverage might cover the next $700,000. So that would be if you had a total of a million dollars, but usually uh, umbrella policies start at a million. So above that $297,500, you'd actually have an additional million dollars. Again, most policies address legal defense costs uh, since claims that are high are probably being filed in a court. So we tend to call umbrella policy a cheap way to have a retainer on file. Adding coverage this way can be less expensive than trying to increase your homeowner and auto policy by $500,000 each. And one strategy is to boost your deductible and use the savings to cover the cost of the umbrella. Remember, however, this is for liability. It's not for your family protection otherwise. You break your back and fall off a ladder, not covered. The repairman or neighbor breaks their back, covered, because if you were sued, then you know, you'd have this coverage for insurance. So the question is, how much should you have? This is a pretty complex question. It's not, it's not cut and dry. Um, when it comes to lawsuits, courts in different states award different amounts. The general rule of thumb is to ensure at least your net worth. If you're working uh, in a high income earner, then it may make sense to look at about seven times your earnings. Courts can not only take your investments and assets, but can award a percentage of your income for the rest of your life. Some states do have maximum time limits on that, but a young doctor may have very few assets and lots of student debt, but as their income keeps increasing, their earnings potential is there. Where a retired individual will look um, at income streams differently than assets. They're going to have more assets um, and be converting their assets into income streams. So that's still an income stream. The cost for liability coverage is, in my opinion, insignificant because it usually costs somewhere around $250 to $400. And when you think about this coverage that I'm talking about, that's pretty insignificant for the having a, an attorney on retainer. If you have investments, the market can change 20%, but if you have time to recover, it's no big deal. In a lawsuit, if there's no recovery and they can take everything you own in order to make the, the payment required, that's worth the $500 a year or less that we're talking about for, for risk here. The types of uh, coverages that you can consider, um, I guess you, there's, I guess what I'm saying is we'll, we're going to touch uh, briefly, touch briefly touch on other types of insurance you should consider. But, I, you know, I really want to make sure that you have that liability coverage. And that's one of the things that I, I really want people to hone in on. If you do have a business or are in a profession, your personal assets may still be at risk. You may be saying, I have an LLC. I'm limited in to the value of the company. There are exceptions. What if somebody is delivering business stuff to your home and then you have a dog that bites them? Your homeowner's insurance may cover it, be, may not cover it because it was a business-related issue. A client that is a neighbor stops by to drop off some papers or a coworker to discuss an issue. Professionals may may or may not be covered through, you know, well through your company, but it's best to re research and find out what the limits are and what would happen in those two scenarios. If you offer pro bono work, does your workplace cover any liability or does the company that you do pro bono work for cover the liability? 
Uh, what if you do it in your homes, especially because your home and business to, in today's world is so intermingled. It's best to really make sure that you are protected with either the business or the home or they, they, they work together for you. So um, to cover your liabilities, you need to think through both lifestyle and possessions. Do you take friends rafting, uh, serve food to the homeless, serve on a homeowners association board of directors, make or collect art or other valuables? Maybe you own a plane or rebuild antique autos. Perhaps you provide daycare to a friend or your children has a playmate. Do you have special tools? All of these can have a value and a liability. So it's important to share these activities with the insurance companies and explore the potential consequences. Adding coverage for volunteer or board of directors work may be just a couple hundred dollars a month, or you may be able to um, persuade a nonprofit to take out the policy for all directors or volunteers and provide a copy to everyone for their files. Two additional issues that are more common are identity theft and rental car coverage. When you are limited in, in what someone who steals your identity can charge on a credit card or, or debit card, when you are unlimited, excuse me, um, they can destroy your credit and it can cost a, a lot to try to recapture it. Credit monitoring is not the same as identity theft coverage. So be sure you know what you are buying if you decide to purchase the coverage. Another alternative, if you have all the credit you want and need, you can ask to have your credit freeze put on your credit through Experian and uh, Equifax and TransUnion. You may end up paying some small fees, but I think all that has been waived at this point in time. All of, all of the systems allow you to unfreeze it and give your creditor a pin that allows them to check it. It will prevent someone from checking your credit and taking out credit without your permission, which is a big step in blocking identity theft. You can also um, get a free credit report once um, through one. It, it, we, for a while, it was uh, once a year from each of them. There was a period of time where during COVID that it was actually whenever. So just look at your credit report. I would say look at one of the three. So look at all three of them, but look at them once a year just to make sure there isn't anything on there that shouldn't be. And if you're willing to set up accounts to notify you and check your credit score routinely, you can stay on top of much of those items. A lot of people I know use Credit Karma for that. This is becoming a bigger issue with the amount of hacking, et cetera, now that programs such as Venmo, PayPal, et cetera, you know, are there. If someone has your check and can get into your routing and checking account numbers, they can hack into your account and take money. It recently happened uh, to a client of ours, and it's been a pain uh, closing down that checking account and moving all the automatic bill payments over. That's why I always suggest to people, don't put your checking account in those kinds of items. I know there's an additional cost to have some of that come on your credit card, but it's worth, in my opinion, it's you're protecting your checking account. It's easy to contact a uh, credit card company and say, hey, I didn't have that charge. It's really difficult when it happens in your banking account. And I mentioned uh, renting a car. If if that um, if if you are renting in a car, something that you should be aware of is that your if your rental car is in an accident, 
your credit card may cover the damage, but you might be stuck with the cost of covering the loss of the revenue to the rental company for the days that the car is out of commission. Check your own auto and credit cards to see what coverage is on there before you decline the insurance uh, on the rental car. Just make sure it's covered though. And fortunately, uh, or unfortunately, I should say, insurance companies' price patterns show that getting quotes every year can result in saving you money as long as you know what you're buying. <laughs> A recent research project showed that companies will determine how much more premium would make you stop and then send you a renewal notice with a number just under that. So in other words, they look for a pain point. While it would uh, be convenient to just look at the premiums, you do need to review the company's service record as well. There are some companies out there that charge very low premiums, but they just don't deliver when it's claim time, which is even worse than paying a few dollars more. Consumer Reports shows that companies listed um, like Amico, USAA, Erie Insurance, those are very uh, well-rated companies. Those are ones that many people are familiar with. Um, they have excellent premiums and service. If your parents served in the military, you may be eligible to acquire USAA coverage, although we've noticed as a pattern that their rates are a little bit more than some of the other providers out there, um, but it might be the best for you. You need their social security number, by the way, if you're not already a member. Amica also has great reputation for service and premium, uh, premium, so check them out. And as I mentioned, Erie Insurance was another one. We personally use them for both business and personal purposes, so I can attest to their service. Uh, we have created a form. Uh, I've provided it to you in the previous two podcasts in the show notes, but you can complete that form, all the information, send that information to the insurance company and ask about uh, some coverages. If you fill it out, you can then just update it annually and send it out to get those requests on an annual basis or maybe every two to three years. Let's face it, the square footage and age of the home won't change annually, uh, but by having the information in one place, the insurance companies ask, you can easily ask for quotes once or, like I said, every two to three years. When, when you change cars uh, or homes, get, get tickets or have repair bills, you'll need to update it. The idea is that once a year, you use this information to get quotes for, from several companies um, or agents. And, um, you know, that that's something that, again, you may not want to do it every year, but it's something that you might want to do at least every two to three years. Well, we hope you found this podcast helpful. Um, hopefully you now understand what umbrella coverage is and why you might need it. If you do like it, please hop on over to uh, iTunes and rate us, send us any questions that you might have. And we hope you very much enjoyed this show. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.